Welcome to Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball, who is now no longer running for office. Private citizen James Ball. Private citizen James Checking Ball. Checking in. Uh, after the most momentous election in the last six months. <laughs> All this hyperbole about the election. It's been, it's been really amazing. The, um, obviously we're going to talk about the election. I wanted to start with, uh, Biden's acceptance speech and, and Trump's unacceptance speech, so to speak. So I watched Biden's acceptance speech and my reaction was, although he said some conciliatory words, uh, he completely missed reaching out to Republican voters, Trump voters. And and it's subtle, but it's important because I could see the people that write the speech wouldn't get it. There's, there's certain things that he said that are, that are flashpoints for Republicans. So for example, he said, I want to be the president of everyone. That's what the media picked up on. That's what you heard. Yeah. But he also said, we now have to restore the soul of America. And it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. So when I voted for Trump, I didn't have a soul. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't on the right side of this thing. I, you know, I was, I was, I was somehow a bad person. And that's what, when that's I been watched, the narrative all along when I watched the, the Democratic yeah. convention, I, I said, look, I, I feel like I'm a bad human being. Right. And, and that was reinforced with what he said when he, he, you know, again, he said, I want to be the president for everybody. But then he goes, he runs down the agenda, the climate change agenda, the, the, uh, schools. He said to the, to the teachers union, you're going to be in good shape because you got <laughs> one of you in the White House now, you know, and it's like, Oh my God. So. The entire speech, although delivered about as well as I've ever seen Biden deliver a speech, was he didn't say, let me, let me back up and I'm, I'm sorry for monopolizing this. He didn't say, we've been through a tough election. Almost half of the United States voted for the other guy. And I heard you. And almost, and this is two elections in a row where it's clear that the middle class, the people that I want to stand for, are not really buying it, right? But I'm here to tell you that my actions are going to speak loud, and we are going to reinforce this, and the next time we have an election, you are going to be, you're going to be voting with me, because you're going to see how much... I care about you. And I'm not saying it right, but that's what I wanted him to say. He, Acknowledge that. Well, I don't think he gets it. I don't think the whole Democratic Party gets it. This has been about substance versus fluff for the last four years. And this has been the Republican argument for Trump, at least from, you know, the, the, the people that I respect who, who, support Trump was look at his policies, look at what he's right. doing for the economy, look at what he's doing for the country. Don't worry about the tweets. Don't worry about all the fluff. You know, he's he's whatever. Just ignore all that. Focus on the policies. And the Democrats, it's the op absolute opposite. It doesn't matter what he's done. It doesn't matter his policies. He's a bad person and needs to go. And so they just completely. So this is what Biden was saying is he was speaking to the fluff. He says, I am not I am going to 
and be inclusive of everyone in my speech. I'm going to be inclusive of everyone when I get, when I talk to you. I'm going to be respectful. But then on the substance side, he goes far left. And so right. he, he, they missed it. They missed the entire point of what's been going on in the last four years. Jimmy, what'd you think? Um, well, uh, you know, I saw him on Friday night. He was terrible. And Saturday night, he was, he was, you know, much better. He was, you know, it was a good start for him. Although I'm, I'm somewhat with you, Alan. I mean, in, in terms of the pandemic, let's, let's start with the pandemic. I mean, if we're, if, if, if this is really, you know, if we're really at war here and we had to shut down all, all the economy and now we're, going into this phase two and there's you know it's kind of scary stories about europe shutting down again and so then you you need a cabinet that would be uh, uh just like in england and in the u.s during world war ii that would be a cabinet that would have members of both parties in it and i was talking to a democratic lobbyist especially with the country being as divided as it is and i threw out three names to this democratic lobbyist of people that i think would make republicans feel better about being uh, about the Biden administration going forward, not that they would support it, but they would feel better that, OK, well, we, you know, we, we hope it does well for right now. And three names that I thought of people that would accept going into the cabinet. And one was Mitt Romney and one was John Kasich and one was Carly Fiorina. And the Democratic lobbyist said, not on your life. No way would we, you know, that's why yeah. the elections have consequences. No way we would put any of those people in the cabinet. Well, and he didn't. He- I, I think that's absolutely true. And that's what he said some things about. I want to be your president. And then all the policy stuff to James point was completely the opposite mm-hmm. way. And, and I don't know that my democratic friends that listen to that speech would hear it that way. Right. And, and I don't think they'd hear how badly I felt. Mm-hmm. That, oh boy, here we go again. Mm-hmm. The agenda is going to be, um, Obama 2.0 plus. And I, I don't think, and, and look, Barack Obama to me was, uh, was a representation of what America's president, what I would like America's president to be in terms of first black American, um, elected president he was he could deliver a speech like nobody else right right i can't stand his policies i think they were awful i think the, he, the well, things he, that he did were well, were, he ran the country by administrative rule absolutely terrible yeah. and expanded the size of the government and yeah. did everything that i wouldn't want him to do well but but from that standpoint i thought from the the you know, sort of iconic representation standpoint, I thought he was, he was. Well, I, and I heard two different directions last night. It's like, and, and I, and I, and I'm curious about it because I don't, I'm not sure you can have both right now. If the Democrats won this election on the strength of the pandemic was mishandled by the president and we have to solve this problem, it seems to me that then you sort of suspend the rest of the partisan stuff for at least a year to a year or so. No, no, they, they won't. They, they, I, mean, they, I know they won't, but I'm just, they didn't but, win. Trump lost it. It's been four years of, of everything from the media, from Trump himself. Like Biden didn't win anything. Trump lost it. So, but their number to, one issue was the, 
was the reason that Trump shouldn't be president anymore is because he mishandled the pandemic. I think you, well, I think we're beyond reasons favorite. for anything. This is all about rhetoric. This is about anyway. I we'll come back out. after the break. This is Ali and Pacero. Today's podcast is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors. ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs, and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service on all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving the greater Portland metro area, call today and set up your free estimate at 503-558-6349 or at proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Again, that's 503-558-6349 or proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Welcome back to Alley and Pissarro. This is Alan Alley with Jim Pissarro and James Ball. We're talking about the election. Right. And, <laughs> and and before, go ahead. Before we go too far, we should talk about the, the president's either, you know, the four, he's in the four stages of grief right now. And and what do you think about his? He's in the first stage of grief. <laughs> he's in the, okay, he's in the first stage. <laughs> and what do you think about? How he's conducted himself since Tuesday night. So this is what – and looping back to Biden's speech, mm-hmm. I wish Biden would have said um, this was a very difficult election for the country. Mm-hmm. It's very close. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that all the voices are here, heard, all the votes are counted and counted correctly. Mm-hmm. Before we jump to any kind of conclusions here, let's go through our process – in the key states mm-hmm. and let's make sure I'm, I'm confident that it's going to come out the right way, but let's make sure it's done properly because I believe in the system. He, and the speech was designed for, it was written by Democrats for Democrats. Yes. It wasn't written for Republicans. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, is that the media and Biden and everybody, the playbook says once the election's called, claim it. Right. And start yeah. building the walls around it and pushing back. Cause if you've, if you waver the slightest little bit. That's why you didn't do what you said. Right. Then Trump is going to say, see, even Joe Biden doesn't think this election is done. Exactly. So how do you feel about the way the president's conducted himself? I, I, he did it in a Trump way. Right. Right. And I think if, if I was in that position, I'd be saying, look, we need to go through the process. The process in these very, very close states, this is a very unconventional election. Right. It was done in very unconventional ways. Let's basically audit. Let's go through an audit of the election and make sure that we're all confident mm-hmm. that the voice of America was heard. And, and so, look, and if it takes weeks or a couple months, we have this time to do it. Just do it. So you, um, you win the presidency. In 2016, by winning the Electoral College, but you um, you lose the popular vote by 2 million votes. Now, you've lost the Electoral College, and you're going to lose the popular vote by 5 million votes. Okay. So, you, you know, at that point, I mean, Richard Nixon lost the popular vote by about 100,000, maybe less, and had illinois stolen from him there and then he went with different times so this the analogy doesn't work but he went to herbert hoover and herbert hoover said to him look it's not it's not going to work you're gonna you'll destroy your brand and you'll won't have a political future if you challenge the election so trump doesn't care about 
the brand right. part of it. And you're right. They did steal it. And I've had Democrats- it's 1960. That, We're talking about 1960. I had, right. I had Democrats that have worked on that campaign right. that admit that they stole it. Right. Right. So they stole it. So- So in this case, so the Electoral College, what <laughs> this- this equivalency between the electoral college and the popular vote is like saying, well, we outgained them in yardage, mm-hmm. but, the, right. but the score r- reflects that we lost. Right. Right. We had more passing yards. Right. We had more rushing yards. Right. They turned the ball over four times, but the score is the score. That's the way football is scored. And the electoral college was designed. If you go back and look at this, Virginia mm-hmm. had 500, uh, roughly 500,000 residents and Georgia and Rhode Island had like 25,000 right. residents. That's right. You never would have gotten we're talking, Georgia and we're Rhode talking Island. We're talking 1789. Right. You never yeah. would have gotten Georgia and Rhode Island to agree yeah. to this if there wasn't some kind of compromise right. that balanced big state you- power and little states. And okay. that's where it came from. And I think it so, still holds today. So here's the president's problem though with, with having been defeated. Uh, and going forward and, and, and in the stages of grief is that you have p- p- people around him, starting with the vice president who did very well in the debate, who has a political future in the Republican party. You have all members of his family who may who perhaps have a political future. Um, you have two important elections in Georgia that are going to determine the, uh, who controls the Senate. And in those elections, we know all basically, even though Georgia perhaps went by a few thousand votes for Joe Biden, we know that the Republicans will win both runoffs because all they're going to have to do is run. Do you want extra states? Do you want to get do you want court packing? Do you want this and that? And those Republican candidates will win by five or 10 points. We will control the Senate. Now, if Donald Trump behaves in a in a way that's Trumpian, he can put all of those things, Pence's future, other Republican candidates, uh, his family, his own legacy, his own television network. Um, and <laughs> you laugh. I mean, and those and the control of the of, of the Republican Senate, all of that in jeopardy. I don't and think how cares. does that but that doesn't work for Donald Trump, though. It doesn't work. For, Donald Trump is not going to be be standing there on January 20th. Uh, be, you know, getting inaugurated for a second term. I don't think so, Trump has the impulse control to not just be Trump. Well, but it, it <laughs> eventually, true. but, but Donald Trump has always walked back from the ledge in, in four years. I mean, he's been on the ledge several times during his presidency. And what, and one of the ways that Donald Trump walked back from the ledge is he usually shut up for about a week. You know, and it's like if he got like in Charlottesville, good people on both sides and everybody was just like, uh, you know, that's enough. You know, I think the only way this concludes with Trump is running the process. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, I don't see. But him. what does that look like? You litigate it in each of these key states. It moves on. There's ballot counting. There's ballot review. It's it's. You really think that's going to happen? Yes, I don't. Yeah, I he's don't. he's putting up enough lawsuits. Yeah. I, I I think so. Yeah, he's and I, over, and he's right, over yeah. nine in lawsuits so far. No, but, I think the Republican. But yeah, but he's just throwing Mitch McConnell's going to tell him to knock sticks. it off. Do you think mm. anybody can tell him well, anything? I think this no. is one of the problems is. Is right now all the Republicans, I would say 75% of the institutional Republicans want to tell them to knock it off. But they have, they're all afraid of, of, of Trump's followers. Right. And what is, and Nikki Haley, 
you know, started out by saying, you know, he's been a good president and, you know, you know, congratulations to his one term and blah, blah, blah. And people jumped on her. Are you writing his obituary? So, so it's kind of like right now they're like, you tell him. I don't want to tell him. You tell him. Right. And, and now we see a report that Jared Kushner has approached him and, you know, his, his, his son-in-law to talk to him about it. But everybody gains if he accepts the fact that he's lost the election. So. But he's not going to. Well, no. Right. He he. And it would be interesting if you polled Trump supporters, mm-hmm. people that voted for Donald Trump. If you polled them right now, what do you want him to do? Mm-hmm. I bet 51 percent of the Trump supporters say I want him to litigate this all the way through. To right. The end. And 51 yeah. percent of the Richard Nixon supporters wanted Richard Nixon to stay in office. But 75 percent of the country wanted him to go. No, I under I yeah. understand that. Yeah. But well, I, I, I think the litigation is at, at best. It's doesn't matter. And at, at or at worst, it's not it doesn't matter. And at best, it's a good thing because it, what it'll do is it will flesh out all of any potential issues or anything. Any of these conspiracy theories that the election is being stolen will all be push to the side if once we go through the legislation. We've got to go to break. We'll come back and continue this discussion. This is Ali and Pissero. The Portland Spirit is headed to the river. Hop on board today for great views of the Portland skyline and historic Milwaukee waterfront. See our local landmarks and bridges from a unique vantage point on the river. Grab a cocktail on our outer deck while enjoying some of our delicious local cuisine. Fun for the whole family with options including lunch, brunch, Dinner and the famous Heart of Portland cruise. Tickets can be purchased at portlandspirit.com. Welcome back to Ali and Pissero with James Ball. We were talking about the election and we're talking about litigating the process. And for me, um, I, I think the fear that the Democrats have is that these evil justices at the Supreme Court that Donald Trump has named are somehow going to steal the election for him. And I I can absolutely understand that. And it's fed by the media. My view of that is those justices will rule justly that, that they are even tempered feet squarely planted on the ground, smart, get it people. And if this goes through the process and it's done correctly, it, it, as a matter of fact, if Joe Biden has a sense for bringing the country together, he says, look, we need to go through this process. I I get it. Right. And I believe in our system. I believe in the institutions that we have in place, our secretaries of state, this process. It might take a few weeks, but we're going to do this. We're going to do it clean. And yep. if, and. We're going to go through this process. It's going to be done once and for all. This this almost claim jumping type uh, attitude of, well, they declared it. So now it's this and we have this over. Oh, when he started, we had more votes than anybody else. This this again, the Electoral College is meaningless, um, I, I think, is is the wrong thing to say if he really wants to bring America together. No, but he, was, he was writing the speech for Democrats, his, for his supporters. Yeah. That's what the consultants would do. Yeah. They'd say, Joe, here's your speech. And he's allowed to insert a couple of words here and there. He has to read it off the teleprompter. And rather than just saying, get rid of the teleprompter. Look, I want to speak to America and America's fractured. And the only way we're going to bring America together to my Democratic friends is let the process work. 
I, well, I, I, I don't think they're going to, I don't think the Democratic Party wants to bring the party the, together, to bring the country together. I think they want to claim the high ground. They want to say that they're going to bring the country together. I don't think they're actually interested in bringing the country together. Not any more than the Republicans were. I don't think anyone is interested in bringing the country together right now. You, you know, there's, America is, it's always, it's a place where you, 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 you know, it's the present and the future. And Donald Trump is, is, is for now the past. And, and they will be, if they, if you ask people who they voted for three days from now, Joe Biden would probably get 5% more votes because people would think that they voted for the winner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and no, that's so, probably, that, I think that's absolutely true. And so what the, the thing that is by far the most important thing right now are those two Senate races in Georgia. And, and also Trump's legacy is important. And the idea that you're going to go out, you, 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 there's no way, and this is what Hoover, Hoover, Herbert Hoover told Richard Nixon. There's no way you go through this process when everybody else wants to go for it. They've got Trump fatigue. The election happened. He lost by five million votes and there's a new president and he, he may have dementia, but we fall, we're going to fall in love with a new president for at least a, a month, even if he's got dementia. And so there is no way that you're going to get litigate this. If just because you're trying to appease Donald Trump and appease his followers, that you're going to litigate this and litigate this and litigate this and not look like a sore loser. And you do not want to carry that into those elections in Georgia and it's not good for the party in general. So, I don't think Trump cares about the party. Well, Trump but, cares about Trump. Well, here's the other thing is I don't know if you realize it, but that message demeans the core Trump supporter. I'm sure it does. And, but but and, that, but and, and and when you say Trump is the past and right. you write off the the president that's still the current His movement's not that's the past. still the current Right. Right. But he's, he's still the current president, but he's right. the defeated current president. He's, he's the current president and you shouldn't talk about it that Why? way because it is an incredibly close election with he's complete – wait. He lost by wait, 5 just, million votes. Just a second. Jim – we outgained him two to one, but the scoreboard <laughs> says we lost. Uh, yeah, you, no, you, yeah. you can't create an equivalency. Well, he called he Donald Trump called his electoral college victory of three hundred and ten the greatest you okay. know landslide in the so, history. And Biden's going to get three sixteen. But here's he the a, thing. Let me let me lay yeah. this out for you. So states did things in this cycle in terms of pandemic voting. That they've never done before. Mm -hmm. And it was put together very, very quickly. Oregon is an exception. Mm -hmm. If you want to say he won Oregon, no problem. Right. right? But, but this process that they put together through together should be examined with 2020 hindsight to make sure it was as clean as it possibly could mm -hmm. be. Mm -hmm. Right. And if Biden would say, look, all these states came up, they homebrewed a new way to vote. And we need to make sure that it's that it was done in a rigorous manner. That's the moral high ground. And I am sure that in the end, it's going to come out and so, show that Biden and Harris so do, were the. Do choice. you want Biden not to uh, begin his transition? Then, then do you not? Do you want him not to pick he his? Can, do you can, want him not to pick his cabinet? He can do all that do you, stuff. Do you want he, the president not to concede to? He can to do all that. No, I do don't you want, want the. the do you want the inauguration not to be planned? What? How? How far do you want to stop this? Because what, you because we had a pandemic. Okay, what about Florida? Okay, we had a pandemic, yeah, and, and, and it's and, different. And, and we know that in Florida, 
what they no, did what about was they Fl- counted the votes early. No, what about in Florida back in Bush Gore? Oh, you think it's so you would equate this election go? to 2000? You'd like it's, that same, you'd like that same process? Worse. Yes. You think it's worse than 2000? Really? Because okay. we've invented new processes to vote in the middle wow. of a pandemic and in the middle of a presidential election. Wow. Let you, it carry I think, out. I think you're I, suffering well, I think from the, the from I think the litigation does stages. that. I, no. I think the litigation does that. I think I, I do think too. I think Biden is right to not push that. Like, do you if want, I was his, do you want him not to pick consultant. a cabinet or not? Do you want the transition? No, no, no. I, I, I what, think, what I think Biden is doing the correct. Like, okay. if I was, if I was a Biden consultant, I would say this, that I would tell him to do exactly what he's doing. Um, if I was a Trump consultant, I'd say throw as many, liti- as many lawsuits right. as you can against the wall, see what sticks. If, and, and that's what he's doing. And if there is validity to any of those lawsuits, it'll be fleshed out and we'll figure it out. And if, if one of, if Wisconsin or one of these states ends up flipping for Trump, you know, we deal with that when it happens. But- Scott Walker has already come out and said that he thought that the process in Wisconsin was, you know, legitimate, fair. Yeah. It, so, and so, so why would anybody go through care? the, go through the, well, there's going to be recounts. I mean, there's obvious, ob- ob- there should be, and there's going to be uh, automatic recounts in the places that's like less than 1%. Go which, to, is, which is like a, a number of states. Go through the litigation process. If there's any validity to those claims, they will be they will be fleshed out, and we can we can end this once and for all. It'll take a couple of weeks, but it will end. If we it's if not, we, it's if not we just take a, say if you go through the litigation, it's not going to take a couple of weeks. It's going to no, go it did on. it did in two thousand. Yeah, it took, no, two thousand went. It was mid December. Right. That's a couple when, weeks. That's a few weeks. <laughs> that's, that was five okay. or six. weeks. Okay, it's more than a couple. It's a few weeks. Yeah, so. but and it went to the Supreme Court. Yeah, I, I don't. Want this, I don't want this to go to the Supreme Court. If it needs to, yeah. I don't think it needs to, but I don't. You know, think we're this, not going to know gonna find until a, I don't think you're going to. We're going to come back after this break. <laughs> this is Ali Pacero with James Ball. Welcome back to Ali and Pacero with James Ball. We um, are talking about litigate, don't litigate the process that we're going through here, uh, Jim thinks that Donald Trump should come out into the Rose Garden and say, yeah, you know what? Ha, whatever. I'm out of here. I, well, you I don't know, have Donald Trump no. to kick around anymore. <laughs> well, I think that he's the, not going to do that. No. We have, Donald Trump has to make a decision because the populist movement. I mean, Donald Trump is half inventor of the populist movement and half demagogue. And which side of his of the history does he want written? And what role does he want to play? Because we know the populist movement's not going away. And people like Nikki Haley are already under criticism for being too institutional. I mean, Donald Trump has changed so many things about American politics. And just because you lost one election, I mean, Grover Cleveland was sitting in the White House and and ran for reelection and won the popular vote and lost the Electoral College and had to leave the White House. I mean, it's Donald Trump could run again in 2024. Certainly if Biden can run, I mean, we, we, the oldest person in the world can run for president. But so it's like uh, – and there's so many other ramifications that go with this, including the future of Mike Pence, those two Georgia Senate seats and 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 what that populist movement is going to look like. And, 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 and you have to be honest about it, one of the things too, which is in the Trump supporters – there are, there are a lot of people that need their voices heard, but there's a lot of ignorance out there too. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories. And this movement needs to be shaped and formed and made more constructive than it is right now. I think Trump is damaging to the Republican brand. He's damaging to the party. You called, but him, I think a, you called him a demagogue. I did it in my voter pamphlet week. statement. Right. I did it in the voter pamphlet in statement. In your voter too. pamphlet statement. I, and now you and want what to no, think. And now I, you I want. think, yeah, and not a whole lot. Um, but what, 
I think Trump, if Trump wants to stay relevant in politics, if he wants to run in 2024, I think the way he thinks to do it is call this election a fraud. I was cheated out of a second term, blah, 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 and keep this going for four years. I don't think he wants to shape anything. I don't think he want, I don't think he's interested in, in the Republican brand. I think he just is, he, he's a selfish narcissist who wants to remain relevant. And I think if you want a, uh, if Joe Biden really wants to transition and gain the moral mandate of the country, he should have nothing but but process in mind and say, look, I want I know that 70 million Americans or whatever the number mm-hmm. is and almost half the Electoral College mm-hmm. and in very key states, tens of thousands of votes decided this. Mm-hmm. I want you to believe in the process of America, that we, when we vote, our vote has integrity. I want you to have that. He's, and he has nothing to lose by doing that, I don't think. Well, the, the, he loses his supporters on the left, I think, if he does that. Well, the momentum about well, going, the, but there's but, also the momentum about going forward to solve problems. You know, I mean, you, John F. Kennedy didn't say that when he stole the election from Richard Nixon. I want to, I want to take a look at Rich, what Richard Daly did in Illinois so that we all feel good about the process. That's and, not recognizing that there's a movement and there are you people. You mean the Trump, the Trump that, movement? We just, I just talked been, about it for four or three people minutes. People have been disenfranchised for a long time. Right. And if you really want to heal America, at right. least say to them, look, we're going to go through this process. I believe okay. how it's going to come out in the end. And and you have to say to your consultants, right. screw you, excuse me, but screw you. Mm-hmm. Look, I know I have a sense of the people and the populace, and this yeah. is what we need to do. Well, and it's it's I, interesting. I really – I mean, I I, I don't it. think he has anything to lose. I, He's going to win. Yeah, okay. Now, right. I mean, now I, I mean, if, I, I, I really, now if – I really wouldn't – but but that's because I have I mean, faith. The pro- but the problem is, faith in here's the, the problem Court. with what you're saying. You've got the if, if the president were acting in some way that was civil, your case would have more legitimacy. But when he's yeah. sitting there and just going, you know, I won 70 million legitimate, and the other side is fraud. I mean, it's it's hard to go. Okay, now no, and, and I, the the Democratic narrative this whole time has been we need to get this rabid animal out of the White House. I think if Biden does this, it yeah. goes from. And, a five million majority to a ten million majority yeah, right. to a fifteen million majority might be right. as we go through this process, and then he has more. I can't of a believe mandate. I'm agreeing with you. No, you shouldn't agree with me. <laughs> no, no, you might be right, but it's, whoa, it's it. I mean, the it, whole train is moving in one direction, and you're like, take, and you're like, hey, stop the train a little bit here, right? No, but that's what CEOs are supposed to yeah, do. Okay. CEOs are supposed to say, look, I know you guys want to do <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. and you're super excited about it, and you're all snickering See, about I it. Think but stop. I think it would we show. We need to do this. I think what I would do if I was in his position is is with the show that through the cabinet. Now maybe now maybe there's nobody in the that he can appoint. Maybe only Republicans he could appoint to the cabinet would be institutional types that right. the Trump that the Trump followers wouldn't like anyway. They're all they'd all be never Trumpers. Right. So maybe that would maybe that wouldn't be effective. But it would be effective to me. It would. I, be I think this this goes back to the rhetoric versus substance thing. He, what Biden is trying to do is make the Democratic Party, the, the, 
by rhetoric, mm-hmm. the party of inclusion, the party of this is one America. We all love each other. You know, we're all going to hug each other. But then when it comes to substance, he's going to go Democrat only. And that's why he's not going to oh. put anybody in the camp. That's not why he's going to put any Republicans in the cabinet. Huh. He's not going to make any concessions to Trump. He's not going to do what Alan's talking about and try to grow his base because he's already won. And huh. he, he wants and what they, the, what they want the narrative to be is if you're a Democrat, you're loving and you're trying to unite America. Right. And if you're a Republican, you're trying to divide bad. America. And well, you are a bad person if you're a Republican. Well, and that's how they're trying to When votes. I heard him say last night in the speech, you know, there's, there, there isn't red America and blue America. There's one. There's all America. Right. Where did he get that? Oh, Barack Obama 2004. That's what he's at, saying. At, at, and then you right, look at his right. policies. <laughs> you know, right. Well, the, point, the point was, though, he so he's stealing this line from Barack Obama, who happened to be the most partisan president in, right. the, in the history of the country. Yep. So... Yeah, that to your point about the rhetoric. It's, it's, it's diverging. Yeah. And that it started four years, it probably started earlier than four years ago, but Trump really emphasized the difference between rhetoric and substance. And the, the tone of his speech when he was ta- saying it was, I want to bring America together as long as you agree with me. Right. Yep. Right. As, as and if you don't agree with me, you don't want to bring America <laughs> back together again. You right. want to divide it. Right. So, and you're you a bad person if you don't agree <laughs> with me. So here's, that was exactly, so here's the here's the that's ge- exactly it. Here's the Georgia Senate races, <laughs> which we should win. And if we win them, then Mitch McConnell is in a place where yeah. he where he can actually probably veto a few cabinet members. Like and Joe Biden can say to him, like, how about Elizabeth Warren for Treasury Secretary? And Mitch McConnell can say, How about no? And it's not. Oh, you want to fight on your hands? That's no. going to be the fight. Well, you're right, but that's what's at stake. When was in these the last two- time a cabinet member got? Uh, it, it happens. I mean, the guy uh, John Tower, mm-hmm. Secretary of Defense for George H. Oh, w. Bush. Wait. Wasn't there a? Wasn't there an Education Secretary in for Trump before DeVos? Uh, there was a la- the labor guy didn't get through. Uh, oh, Perez, yeah. uh, not Perez. Uh, the guy that, that right, was right, interesting, right, interesting right, guy. Right. Yeah, um, and um, so. Of John Tower, George H.W. Defense Secretary, prominent senator from Texas, did not get, uh, did, you know, they didn't get him through. So we're going to take a break and come back. We're going to turn to some more local elections. When we come back, this is Ali Pissarro with our friend James Ball. Welcome back to Ali Pissarro with our friend James Ball. And we're going to get into some things other than the presidential race. Last week, Jimmy made some predictions. Jimmy, it's like Jimmy the Greek, right? (laughs) So Jimmy made some predictions. Let's start off with our CD4 prediction. Yeah. Close to home here. Jimmy had Scarlatos winning that, and Scarlatos didn't. Lost by six. So what happened? Donald Trump didn't carry the district, and that was a real surprise. Yeah, uh, because he'd that district had been won by uh, Barack Obama by 12 points in 2008. And then Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton tied it in 2016. And if Alec Scarlatos, who will go into Congress in 2023, um, if if Scarlatos was to win that race, Trump needed to carry the district. And I think he lost it by a few points. So how does Scarlatos get to Congress? Well, Peter DeFazio gets two years older. Joe Biden is not popular two years from now. And. And this populist movement is handled deftly by the Republicans and grows so that, as you were talking about, you know, the immigrants and the working, both the working Americans and the immigrants come into the Republican Party in a very strong way. And the Democrats are the institutional elitist government party, celebrity party. 
Yeah, and I was I was stunned that Scarlatos lost. Mm-hmm. I was too. Right? Because it he represents something new, different. Um and even if I'm even if I'm not a conservative in that district, his message of look, our district is not getting better. Right. We're not attracting jobs. We're not attracting our our economics are not improving. Our schools are not improving. That's absolutely true. And it's kind of like, don't you want to try something different? Don't you want to just take a swing? The guy here has been in power since before I was born. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a powerful message. And and he had money and he had momentum. And yeah, I 538 had it at about um, th- uh, four to one, I think, or three to one that DeFazio would win. Yeah. Which I, th- I was surprised based on their polling. I, I thought Scarlatos had a much better chance, but... Yeah, it looks like they were they were right. They called it. Which, um, and it does look like Oregon is going to get another congressional seat, mm-hmm. and we're going to go through redistricting. And I think the question is going to be: Do the Democrats take five safe and put all of the Republicans in one district, or do the Democrats actually try to grab six? So, see, and I, you and I have a different vision of this. I mean, I'm I, I get to be the hardcore Republican here, but my crystal ball says that. Unfortunately for the country, Joe Biden is going to be a mess. And in 2023, we're going to have six congressional districts, but the three, but Republicans will win three of them. And I go, and I know you think it's just crazy, but going back to 1994. Well, when, only, only because they get to draw the boundaries. I right. know, but they'll draw them in a way thinking that they have areas that they don't. I mean, one of the places they think they have is, is Columbia County. That went, you know, because uh, the state rep there, Brad Witt, uh, has been there a long time, Democrat, barely won because Trump carried it by 10 points. And we and we picked up, Republicans picked up two House seats on the Oregon <laughs> coast, which were had been solid Democratic places. But now we're but now we're Trump. Let's see. Columbia County is too close to Portland. Right. It's too easy to draw a district that grabs Columbia County and kind of. Weasels into Hillsboro, <laughs> Aloha, okay, okay. grabbing up this okay, nice dark blue stuff, and you stop, and okay, they're done. Here's, here's 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 the problem with your theory. Um, we got uh, on the board behind you in our, in my office mm-hmm. is how Donald Trump ran in all 36 counties mm-hmm. in Oregon, and in Clackamas County, Donald Trump got 39 percent of the vote, even though the commission. Is now going to be three Republicans and two Democrats at the Clackamas Board of Commissioners of Clackamas County. The nonpartisan commission. Uh, okay, nonpartisan commission. Right. right. So but, you remove the R. But George W. carried this district a, a, a couple of times. So how do we know that Clackamas County, it, it's not going to be 39 Republican, 59 Democrat two years from now, is it? I don't know. No. I, it, the the thing that that shocked me about this election is it does when I look at the electoral map it does look like we got bluer that Bend is now solid blue and and Tim Canope almost lost and Sherry Help state rep lost and my friend f- lost huge, huge yeah, compared with where Bueller was eight years ago or whatever and my friend Phil Henderson this the, the Shoots Republican County Commissioner lost his bid for re-election by five points. And the other thing is, is what I'm seeing nationally is um, minority first generation American small business mm-hmm. people are moving to Trump. Right. 
and and I almost said Republicans, Loyal. but but it's a populist movement right. that's moving away from Democrats. Right. And it's it's the the simplest thing is look. I started a lawn care business. I've got four employees now. I'm building it up. I'm a first generation. I never went to college. And the Democrats say, you are going, I'm going to use your tax dollars to pay for right. his yep. college education. Okay. And so, that, oh, and as soon as you hit a million dollars in revenue, we're going to hit you with a cat tax. Right. And as soon as you start making right. $150,000 a year, we're going to hit you with another tax. So, so I have, Four or five little businesses that I'm associated with. Some of them I do all the administrative work for. Mm. I had to sign up for Oregon Saves this week. And this is the forced retirement plan, which I think retirement plans are a great thing. And I think everybody should have a 401k and fund it. But it's a forced retirement plan by the state of Oregon. I have a business that has no employees. Mm. It's a holding company of some assets that we had. I go online and... I get stuck in this nether world of, you know, it says, please upload all of your employees. You can't. And it's like red lights flashing. Whatever the name of it is, is that you are guilty of avoiding taxes. And I think about some guy that has the lawn care business or has the uh, the bar and you're, you're trying to go through this process and you just feel the weight of the government and the intrusion on your shoulders. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how people do it. They don't, they don't do it very well. Um, so, and then you th- throw the healthcare problems that mm-hmm. on top of it. But in 1992, uh, Bill Clinton swept the left coast. And then, and I think Washington state's got 10 congressional districts. Something like that. Yeah. We have five and they have 10 or they have nine. And maybe they have nine. Um, and the, I think it was something like three, six, three Republican seats oh. and six Democratic seats after the 92 election. And 94, two years into Hillary care, the Repub- Democrats, I think the Republicans won six of the, of the races and the Democrats had three seats. Why, why couldn't that, we have six congressional districts. Why couldn't that scenario happen in Oregon? Because they draw them the same year that. Right, but going they, to be they were drawn in '92. Okay, so no. they were okay. No, but, they're going to draw them this year. So you just convinced that just by if there's a ten point swing to Republicans in Oregon two years from now, we have a we have a low cycle here. If there's a good cycle, you're just convinced that we'll still lose all those congressional seats. Only because they're drawing the boundaries in the same. It, year that okay. you're going to have the first election and uh, they're not uh, going to screw it up that badly uh, i don't know it, it you draw the boundaries you you probably get one or two and then demographics start to shift well do you think that clackamas county that's 39 59 39 trump 59 biden do you think it's possible that it could go back to a 50 50 split in two years clackamas yeah marion county went 48 for trump 49 for biden uh, so one yes, it it could, it could happen, and if but, it does happen, so, that would affect the congressional. So I was looking races. in Lake Oswego, mm-hmm. and I always thought that the south side of the lake was the Republican side of the mm-hmm. lake, and it is because it's only sixty forty Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. You. I, I know, I know. I guess. And then you go to the north side of the lake, 
and it's 65 35 mm-hmm. and then you start moving toward portland it goes 70 30 80 20 90 10 right yep. and you just suffered and, from that as and the i was 90, 10. Yeah. i was just <laughs> you did better than that i was just at i was just at a uh, soccer game for yeah. my grandson and i i seriously looked around at all these young uh-huh. families they're all democratic they're all democrats yeah. mm-hmm. they're all democrats all right. and our conversation is around electric cars and and renewable energy and mm-hmm. which is are things that i'm curious about right. and i i know a lot about so they were engaging with yeah. me on it but it was like oh my god <laughs> i don't think there's any republicans here you're holding, we've got you're to, we got to take a break yeah we got to take a break we'll be back in a minute this is ali and Pacero. today's podcast is brought to you by prolift garage doors ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs, and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service and all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving the greater Portland metro area, call today and set up your free estimate at 503-558-6349 or at ProLiftDoors.com slash Portland. Again, that's 503-558-6349. 6349 or slash Portland. Welcome back to Ali and Pacero. This is Alan Alley with James Ball and Jim Pacero. Jimmy's picks. Scarlatos, we already got to. How about uh, Alabama, Jones, and Tuberville? Yeah. You nailed that one. Yeah. 60 40. Yeah, that wasn't that difficult. Okay. Um, Arizona, Kelly McSally, you nailed that one. Kelly, the Democrat, beating. Um, Martha McSally, fifty-two forty-eight. Mm-hmm. That one was one that I felt when I was there as well. When I was in Arizona, yeah. the the interesting thing is, Arizona is becoming California two point mm-hmm. That that there is this massive wave of Californians moving to Arizona, and they're they're turning Arizona into an extension of of California. Um, in Colorado, Gardner Hickenlooper. Yeah, well, Kick and Looper, popular governor, ran for president. I yeah. mean, that was, and, you, and, and Gardner, one term, had he struggled with, he struggled the whole time he was in the Senate because Trump was never popular in Colorado. And Colorado is becoming yeah. California 2.0. Right. Okay. Georgia, David Perdue, John Osloff. Yeah. So far, it's Purdue, yeah, right? Yeah. And he'll win it. He's going to win. And, and because, because well, this happened in 92 when Bill Clinton won, there was a, there was a, a senator named Weish Fowler. Who got forty nine percent of the vote, Democrat, and and so then he had to do a runoff. But 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 once Georgia realized that they were heading to this new era, liberal era, Weish Fowler, they're like, (laughs) no no no. So this incumbent Democratic senator lost, not that fast, lost in like you know around whenever they had the runoff, and people were shocked. So uh, end of the Clinton honeymoon, uh, Iowa. Ernst and Greenfield, you got that one right too. Yeah, Ernst won. Yeah, I mean she's she's somebody you want to have stay in the Senate, and apparently Iowans did too. And Donald Trump also won Iowa by eight or nine points. Right. I mean, but you know when the, when the rest of the, when Trump lost the rest of the Midwest, not Iowa. Yeah, um, Collins Gideon in Maine. Susan Collins held on. Jim loses, but Jim wins because Susan Collins held on. Well, I and I really blew this one because I should have known in two thousand eight. Gordon Smith and Susan Collins were both incredibly unpopular, two-term senators, incredibly unpopular in these small states because they had been supporters of the of the Iraq War. And 
Gordon Smith, who was not strong on constituent service, uh, got beat by Jeff Merkley. But right. Susan Collins, even though everybody was so furious for her for supporting the war, went back and th- went back to that state and reminded everybody she was Susan Collins and she won by 15. Right. And she, 12 years later, she did it again. There's, you, d- you know, Susan Collins is apparently liked in Maine. So I remember that Gordon Smith, Republican senator from Oregon, in the debates with Merkley, Mer- all Merkley said over and over again is, you and your friend George Bush. Bush yep. You and your friend George right, yep. Bush. Every every question was, yeah. was well, you and your friend George Bush mm-hmm. think that. Yeah. Um, and that was the end for him. Um, in Montana, Danes and Bullock, Danes wins. Yeah. And, I think- and Jim – Got that one right too. Yeah, and that was a, that was probably one of the toughest ones because Bullock, popular Democratic yeah. governor, but everything went Montana. Trump, That's Trump right. won by eight or nine points. They took the legislature, they took the attorney general, they took the governor's office. So everything in Montana went Republican. Montana and is a strange place because, because they in, they elect Democrats uh-huh. quite regularly, yeah. right? And I haven't sort of understood it. I haven't spent any time. Well, they're real. Really- you know, they're, they're not a feat. John right. Tester is like, it looks like a, you know, Democratic center of Montana looks like he could wrestle a bear. Right. You know, I mean, it's like they're, they're not, they're not our kind of uh, left coast Democrats. No, they're not, are yeah, they? No. They're kind of the old traditional yeah. w- Democrats. Democrats in the woods. Lumber, you know, lumberjack types. Uh, North Carolina, Cunningham, Tillis. Yeah, blew that one. Yeah. Yeah. You picked Cunningham. Yeah. You know, the thing about it is, and, and James. Tillis is the Republican. The thing about it is that it's so interesting about the, because the Republicans picked up six or seven seats in the U.S. House and they're going to hold the U.S. Senate. And what's so interesting about it is that there was a slice of the electorate that was like, Oh, you know, I really don't want Donald Trump anymore. I have Donald Trump fatigue, but boy, I do not want pack court, new states, getting rid of the electoral college, all of that stuff. And so I'm going to make sure that Republican senator, I mean, that, that was just a vote because Tillis was behind the entire time, at least according to the polls. And that was just a vote. And I think, you know, I think in a couple of other places, it was just a vote to say, let, we got to keep this, uh, the Senate in Republican hands. I think um, there, there's a, I think you, you've mentioned it a number of times that there's a, this cultural shift going on in the Republican party. And I think that that's maybe part of it. And it depends on where you are because, this is kind of my initial research and thoughts is that in Oregon, especially the Portland metro area, people voted party line. There was there was very little crossing party lines yeah. to vote for the you opponent. You certainly saw that in your district, right? yeah, Well, yeah. I mean, my district, the, the last – I mean, very small sample size, of course. But my district, the last Republican to run got 17.5% of the vote. I got 167 you know, so yeah. it's it, it despite being a very different brand of yeah. Republican and, you know, demographics shift a little but, bit. But I basically got exactly the same as but, the last guy. But nationally, the Republicans do not gain. You don't gain seven House seats when you're when you're president, your incumbent president is not reelected. But unless at, the electorate look, is saying, I, I do not I, I, I want to get rid of the leader, but I do not want to go liberal. I don't know where those seats are, though, I, and I have to look into it. But well, like in, seats, in Oregon, we they were up- 2018 seats, right? That 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 flipped back. Oh, okay. I was going to say, at least in Oregon, on the coast, we picked up those two seats, and because right. it's a demographic thing, the culture on the coast is just different enough from Portland Metro that people are willing to to yeah. switch sides. You know, it's interesting when we get into the electoral college. One of the things that I was poking around on is. Why are there not 535 electoral votes? Why are there 538? DC's got three. Yeah. Right. 
So from that standpoint, the 23rd Amendment, and I don't even remember the 23rd Amendment. I was a little nipper at the time, but, <laughs> but, but it's like giving, it's like giving the Democrats three points uh, to start yeah. the game. Yeah. Right. Why, why did the 23rd Amendment get passed? Fairness, probably just because there's a but bunch of people. Three, there. well, I three lived, yeah, that's, that's, votes. that's the minimum I, for I a lived, state. That's two senators in one state. I lived in DC I, for 11 years and, <clears> and, um, you know, it's a real shock when you, and I, for the, in 84, I, some, for some reason, I registered in DC. The rest of the time, I always voted absentee from Oregon. Right. But for some reason, one election, I registered in DC. And it was a real shock when you got the ballot and there was nothing to vote for except right. for president and a couple city council people <laughs> and it was like, who I had no idea who they were or whatever. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, no, and, and it's like 92 to eight, 92 percent. And the eight yeah. and the eight percent are probably staffers that for Trump. <laughs> yes. Right. right? Yes. <laughs> no. But why did the 23rd Amendment get passed? I don't know. Fairness. And this, this no, is no, no, no. But, well, but you have to get two thirds of the states to ratify it. How on earth did they pull that well, one off? Well, I figure it probably what, what, probably it, it probably have to do with what year the past. It's it's the it's 60, the same reason one, the Democrats want to shift to a popular vote. They are saying it's for fairness, but in reality, it's because it benefits them. Right. No, it's but, the same thing. They say, "Oh, this is fair." It's a whole bunch of people in D.C. that don't get to vote for president. I, I can see that they passed a law, but they amended the freaking constitution. <laughs> do you know yeah. what that takes? To get three no. electoral votes, I, you no. were you were a little number. I was not even here at that time, so no, I, I don't you even know. Like, what to you sound like that's Scarlatus. Why, that's why I'm asking Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't even alive I on the 23rd Amendment. We're out of time. Are we out of time? Wait a minute. Let me get the last one. Uh, Cunningham, Graham, Harrison oh, in South Carolina. Lindsey Graham, and, and and you got that. Yeah, and 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 I, I'm super Lindsey Graham Graham fan. Other than I was against the Iraq war yeah. and, he, and he was a big promoter of it but a super Lindsey Graham fan but I was not impressed with him uh, the night the, the night after the election when he went on Sean Hannity and wrote a half million dollar check of money to to, to help Donald Trump fight illegal votes because obviously what <laughs> Lindsey Graham wants is to he wants the he he says I want the populist movement to be mine right and so it's like you, you know you know for the guy who said at the Kavanaugh hearings to the Democrats hey Hey, I hope you never get power because you want it so bad. I thought, well, maybe you want it pretty bad no, that's too, Instagram. And Harrison spent a hundred million dollars. So obnoxious. I, I have family members wow. who wrote him checks. A you know, hundred of, of the fifteen dollars. of the fifteen family members I have, fourteen of them are Democrats. And and like I just this thing that we go have going on right now, James, where people sit around and watch MSNBC and then start sending checks to Senate races because they're mad about they, what happened. They started phone banking in like Montana and these other places. Like I, I saw people asking for phone banks to call across the country yeah. and start calling reg- voters. Yeah. Got to go it's for crazy. a break. This is Ali and Pacero with our friend James Ball. The Portland Spirit is headed to the river. Hop on board today for great views of the Portland skyline and historic Milwaukee waterfront. See our local landmarks and bridges from a unique vantage point on the river. Grab a cocktail on our outer deck while enjoying some of our delicious local cuisine. Fun for the whole family with options including lunch, brunch, dinner, and the famous Heart of Portland cruise. Tickets can be purchased at portlandspirit.com. Welcome back to Ellie and Pacero with our friend James Ball. And we're going to turn to local news, local election news. Um, the first one that we want to pick up is Jim has this conspiracy theory, I'd, I'd almost call it, 
it's fascinating and and you know oh alan over there kind of doing my thing working along i wasn't looking up to see this one james also saw it coming i was completely what what is it jim what's going on well uh vice president i mean president-elect biden has said that he uh, wants to put women in the cabinet and uh, governors usually make the best cabinet members. And you don't really want to put a one term governor in the cabinet because you, you don't, you don't, it's, 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 it makes more sense to put somebody in the middle of their second term in the cabinet. And you're also looking for somebody who may have done very well on MSNBC in the last six years, six months, because they handled the COVID crisis, according to the Democrats, very well. And there aren't very, how many, how many female Democratic two-term governors who have been on MSNBC a lot and handled the COVID <laughs> crisis fit that description. Well, uh, I think that means uh, Governor Shamia Fagan might replace Governor Kate Brown when Governor Kate Brown goes into Joe Biden's cabinet. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah. Yeah. And then Republicans are running against an incumbent in 2022 instead of, mm -hmm. you know, an open seat. An open seat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Disaster. Mm -hmm. Well, so here she might not be. She may have might not be very popular. Here's her choices: uh, Ramondo, Gina Ramondo in Rhode Island. Yeah, and she's not, and she's, she's too conservative. Right? Well, yeah, because she's she's been a, one of the big leaders on on the. You know, she was a star of that uh, uh, dying in Seattle video about making right. making opiate people get treatment rather than live in the camps on the street. Kate Brown in Oregon. Mm -hmm. uh Kay Ivey is a Republican in Alabama. Alabama, right. Kim Reynolds, uh, Republican in Iowa. Right. Gretchen Whitmer, the- First term in Michigan, big star. Daughter of Darkness in Michigan. The daughter of Darkness. <laughs> Michelle Luan Grisham in New Mexico, Democrat, yeah, Democrat serving in New Mexico. Janet Mills, Democrat in Maine. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that one. Christy Nome. Probably not yeah. Christy Nome. <laughs> so. Pro probably, I just got to guess, probably not Christy Nome. Laura Kelly from Kansas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah, she won a close election. So, the bench is not very deep. It's like three. So, when Biden turns around and says, hey, I need uh, you, Brown. Right. Get in there. Right. Right? Yeah. Then we have oh, Governor boy. Fagan. Then we have Governor Fagan. And Brown is probably, if you removed, um, wow. like, like, the thing about the one in Kansas is that she's probably pretty important to trying to establish Kansas as a competitive state since it's like, you know, super Republican. And so you, you, you might be hesitant if you're Biden to pull her out. But Brown isn't really Brown. very consequential no. to Oregon politics. And you're going to win. I mean, they yeah. would assume that we'll, they'll win again. Right. And, and they know that it helps down ballot races because, again, Fagan will be running as an incumbent in 2022. So. Right. So I, I can see it happening very you easily. You heard it here first. Right. All 200 people listening. <laughs> which are the 200 most important people listening. That that I think you're absolutely right. I think the the uh the the enterprise comes over Oregon, shines the light down, sucks Kate Brown out. They've got Shamia Fagan. The unions are probably happier with Shamia than they are with Kate, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that's why they gave her so much money. They're they're hoping that this is that this is they get more control in the state. Kitsopper should have probably gone in Obama's cabinet, you know, except for his yeah. personality. 
You know, he wasn't popular. You know, he never went to those governors, national governors meetings, right. never did any politicking, was often very arrogant about it. Really? So, John yeah. Kitzhammer was arrogant? I, I, well, yeah. <laughs> I know. Was he really? Uh, well, apparently. Oh, wow. And so, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. And that, and that's, that probably stops you from Funny getting thing. in the cabinet. You've got to be a good old boy to get in Joe Biden's cabinet. So I always, I always appreciated my time with John Kitzhaber because I think the debates were, were interesting. Mm-hmm. You had to have your A game on. He, mm-hmm. he knew his stuff, but mm-hmm. I was, uh, at a nurses, um, union meeting and we were speaking to them and Kitzhaber had his hands on the dais and these nice ladies were coming up and holding his hands. Mm-hmm. And, and I finally stopped him and said, you can't do that. Yeah. And he goes, what? I said, you can't hold their hands. Mm-hmm. We're having a debate. Yeah. Uh, you're sucking my will to live. Right. You know, I'm supposed to stand <laughs> up next to you. Yeah. And, and they're literally holding your hands. Yeah. It's, so something about uh, turning to Portland. It looks like our, our friend Ted Wheeler is, in fact, going to pull this off. And there was protests right after the election. One of the signs in the protests has an AK-47 on it. We don't want Biden. We want revenge for police murders, imperialist wars, and fascist massacres. Um, that is our Portland in a in a nutshell. What's what's your take on the election? On that one, well, I'm I'm glad. I'm super glad Ted Wheeler won. Um, I think he's a he's a bit feckless, but he's better than a like a feckless. literal literal communist. <laughs> What do you call word? Is it onomatopoeia when the word sounds like what it means? <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think yeah, yeah. Throughout Feckless. the whole, throughout the whole thing, the whole protest thing, he was trying to play to both sides. He's trying trying to be supportive of the of the protests, but also govern the city that they were destroying. And he just nobody nobody bought it. He just ended up being the enemy of both sides. He's he's a Democrat's Democrat, but like I said, Ayanaron is a almost literal communist and would have been a disaster for Portland. So I'm glad we at least get It's interesting because we all criticized Mayor Wheeler Mm. for the way that he conducted himself. Mm. And Mm -hmm. Jim knows him well. We sent him messages, corresponded with him. But the interesting thing is it worked. He got Mm reelected. Right. So, so if the, if the election, if the election is the outcome, is the proof, his strategy actually worked. Yeah, I think okay, he needs to grow up and you know be a, you know be a leader if it's possible. Yep. Um, but I think more interesting than than even his election is the fact that, and James, you probably had this too. I mean, the crisis. Of you, the, 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 whatever, the protest got a lot of publicity nationally. The, 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 the homeless opiate tent cities are f- 10 times bigger problem yeah. than the downtown yes. thing. And they're not being talked about. And, and they, and they're such a big problem because it, it's a, it's a, it's a demarcation line of a civilization in decline. So what was our, and, what was our response? What did we, we had a ballot measure to take, to address this. What, yeah, what we legalized we all drugs. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah, was, it. Exactly. that was it. That was it. But, we legalized all drugs. But, but it's like, it's like, <laughs> here's my 15 family members. And, and, and James, I know this has got to be true for your friends too. And your Alan, your friends. And, and they're just sitting there 
all Democrats, all liberal Democrats, my family, and all they do is stare at MSNBC, and 98% of their focus is just on Donald Trump. They're texting yep. everybody every, every day, we got to get blah, blah, blah. And the whole there's a homeless camp outside their oh, right. window, but they, they don't see it right now. There can be in any local issue that that went against the ruling establishment here, which is almost everything, they would just like, oh, you're just trying to help Donald Trump. Yep. Hey, there's like 25,000 homeless people. We, well, it's not true. You're just trying to help Donald Trump. We'll take a break and come back and talk more about that. This is Ali and Pacero. Welcome back to Ali and Pacero. Jimmy, you're talking about the homeless, and I sort of flippantly said, what did we do to solve yeah. the homeless crisis? <laughs> we legalized every drug yeah. that you can possibly legalize, right. which is kind of inconceivable to me, um, and so that people don't make that connection. People, what they're trying to do is they did this in Portugal, and at first there was a, an increase in uh, in drug use, but then over time people would seek treatment rather than choosing to live on the streets and in this in the squalor. So they they think that that's what Oregon is going to be like is where people are going to be able to get help without fear of being arrested for having small amounts of 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 uh, drugs on them. So, and so, I I understand that, but the difference between Portugal and Oregon is how easy is it to get here from other states? Pretty darn easy. Like Portugal is a different country. You gotta you gotta right. go across borders. You've gotta do immigration. If you just want to live a lifestyle of cocaine and meth. All you have to do is drive here. So right. Donald Trump is removed from this obsession that they have, uh, you know, Trump derangement syndrome, which they all have. And they spend 98% of their time watching MSNBC. When all that is removed, do you, Alan, what is their response going to be when they turn around and look at the conditions of the local area, whether it's PERS, whether it's the opiate camps? They never will. They never will? They, they no. put so much – the the. The Democratic Party puts so much faith in the federal government. They think that they are the the savior and they can do everything. And this is what I what I gathered from doing my uh, my block walks before COVID hit is ta in talking to all the Democrats in my district is they they see the federal government as the be all end all savior. And that there's another reason why they hated Trump so much is because they saw that as their their deity, the federal government had betrayed them by electing Donald Trump. I think I think that's true. I think um, this grand experiment of legalizing drugs, mm -hmm. rather than taking a page from Rhode Island, mm -hmm. where you have penalties, you take the people, you offer them treatment or jail or jail. Yeah, right. Is, I said this on my Facebook page uh, right. during yes, the campaign. Is we you need to treat prisons as a rehabilitation facility, not as a punishment. I think that is a much better and and not just for drugs, but for everything else. Every every crime you commit, you, the goal is to be rehabilitated and reintroduced into society, and that should be the goal of prisons. I I agree, and and this is what Rhode Island did. They had prisons and they had drug rehabilitation controlled facilities, and you had a choice: you can go to this one or you can go to that one. Have you have you ever known anybody addicted to opiates? I. Uh, Nothing comes to mind, but yeah. probably I'm yes. That, well, I've known two people close to me. Um, have, have you ever known anybody? Yeah, nothing comes to mind. Although you can you can do it 
in pill form pretty easily without being detected. Oh, I, I, so, I, I, oh, I, I get it. I get it. But, but if you've known anybody addicted to opiates, it's so different than alcohol because, um, you, you know, alcoholics are able to a lot of times function. And even if it's just sitting on a bar stool for 18 hours, <laughs> um, people who are addicted to opiates, you know, the, the, the power of the, of it is so much that they w- will just basically lie around until the next one. And now in a lot of families, so what we, we see the homeless camps, right? Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of families that have somebody who's in their house, who's not functioning, who's just like, Oh, well, they're just, you know, they're just, they've got, you know, some problem, you know, and maybe they got addicted because of the two people that I know who got addicted. Both got addicted, uh, by accident because of back surgeries. Oh, right. You know, and, well, and, 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 but, but the condition of them was far, far worse than an alcoholic. I so what, how did it manifest itself? Uh, the drug is so powerful. The addiction is so powerful that that's all. And, and it, 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 you're just kind of in a stupor, you know, in, in your mind and you, you don't function and you're, you, you, you'll, all you want is to remain in that stupor and you'll do anything to, to, um, keep going. One of the people I know, you know, had like five different, um, prescriptions from different doctors. Did they ever hid, get hid, off hid, it? Hid in the house only through, uh, a number of trips to the emergency center. And then they, I, they finally yeah. kicked it. I read an yeah. article and they said a week's worth of opiate prescriptions. You have about a twenty percent chance of developing addictive mm. behavior. Wow. Like <laughs> a week's worth. But the thing is the thing is we can't treat it because we don't want to actually we don't want to we won't we're not willing to say this is so much different than alcohol. I mean alcohol is bad, but this is just so much different. And 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 because you you didn't you don't have you never had like a wino camps like this. Yeah, you did. Not, not to the extent you had Skid Row, but not this, not, not no, this way. Not it, to this extent. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to explore this grand experiment with drug legalization, mm-hmm. right? Um, we have a history of doing this here in Oregon. We have this thing called the urban growth boundary that we instituted in the 1970s and the entire country was going to adopt. Nobody anywhere has adopted an urban growth boundary. I think this drug legalization will fall into the same category that um, it won't be adopted in other places and they're going to use Portland. We're going to be relitigated over and over and over again because if it's on your ballot, you send camera crews to Portland, you photograph all what's going on here and you play that. So here's the here's the thing that's so interesting and so power sad and so potentially destructive is like what what are you willing to tolerate well now we know that there's a drug camp between 52nd and 57th on powell and we we didn't think we'd ever you know not very far from cleveland high school yeah where where uh phil knight went to school you know didn't think we'd tolerate that and out at R- riverside country club right. on the 10th hole where the hedge is there's a drug camp that runs for half a mile Though well, we didn't think we'd tolerate that on the border of a country club, but we do. And out on Marine Drive, you know, now there's another drug camp there and we tolerate that. And then down on Northwest Second, uh, where 
the headquarters of Pendleton Woolen Mills, which is an iconic Oregon company. There's a drug camp all down in the Cooch Northwest second area, and we we that's we tolerate that. Are we going to tolerate a drug camp at the Monoma Club? Are we going to tolerate one at the Timbers Field? I mean, wh- wh- when will Probably we? Probably so. When when mm-hmm. well, are we going to tolerate one in Lake Oswego? When will we go? Oh, it's too you know. So th- another one that was interesting is the dog park out in Troutdale. Mm-hmm. It's many many acres, thousand acres, fifteen hundred acres or something. Hmm. We'd go out there with my daughter's dog, let it run, had a good time, and then we started exploring other parts of the park where it didn't seem like people went. Well, guess what? It's completely full of a homeless camp mm-hmm. in the I woods. And, and we tolerate it. Totally. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like, okay, here's 1,500 acres. Here's 500 acres for the dogs to run and improve trail. And here's 1,000 acres that you know you don't really want to walk right. into. Now, Clackamas County got 39% of the vote went for Donald Trump. Oh, and and you were talking about friends that you know. They're all in the live in Lake Oswego. They're all they're all Democrats. Would they continue to be Democrats? What's the park that's down here on a? Oh, uh, that is the one thing. Yeah, we, yeah. If if there was a drug camp that took over that park, would they continue to be Democrats? So, the moderate Republicans that are voting with the Democrats right now would definitely not. Mm-hmm. The the Democrat Democrats. You would think that they wouldn't, but I'm astounded mm-hmm. at what's happened in Portland that now, but, that people okay, but as long but now that to. but now that Donald Trump is in di- di- dominating 98 percent of their mind, are they going to think different? I I would hope so, but I'm not uh, I'm not, not sure. Okay. We've got to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. This is Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball. Welcome back to Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball, and we're going to turn locally. James, you're a young, registered as a Republican, ran as a Republican here in Oregon. Yep. How do you see the future in well, Oregon? How'd from, you do, first of all? <laughs> how did I do? Well, there's two ways to look at it. One is one is rosy and one is is less rosy. Uh, the goal for this <laughs> um, the last Republican in this in District 36 was in 2008. So it's mm. been 12 years. So nobody had filed. Uh, right. right. The, there was in 2008 was a was the last time a Republican ran. Um, 2010, 2012, there was a Libertarian. and or I might be screwed. No, it was 2012 was the last time the Republican uh-huh. ran. 14 and 16, there was a Libertarian. 18, there was nobody. And then in 20 and was, was Jim me. ran in, in 96 and 1916. Every, and, 96. <laughs> and, and after I ran, there had always been a candidate. And then I ran in 96. And then nobody ran in 98. So, so what percent did you get in 96? I got 34% of the vote. So that was also HD 11 before right. they did the giant redistricting yeah. in 2000, 2001. And so the, 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 it's not really apples to apples. Right. Like it's the same area, but yeah. it's the boundaries are very different. No, but so, but there has been a shift, right? Right. Yeah. That it, you could get 20, 30% as a Republican, 30% percent as a Republican in that area mm-hmm. yeah. back in 1916 well, when Jim ran. So it, it switched drastically in 2001. So oh. since since 2001, the the most votes a Republican has gotten in that district was just a hair over 5,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got 6,900. There you go. But Yay. yeah, so that's the rosy picture. 
Um, since 2000, there have also been a couple, uh, is it percentage wise? This is a huge turnout election. Mm -hmm. So percentage wise, I got Mm 16.7, which is almost identical to the last guy in 2012, which was 17.5. So percentage wise, I, it was basically party line. Republicans voted for me. Democrats voted for my opponent. The middle was split basically about those same proportions. Um, now, yeah, Republicans uh, in the in the Oregon House picked up one seat, lost a couple, are behind in a couple. They, there's a, still a chance that they might. They've got 22 seats. They went to 23. One flipped a couple seats on the Oregon coast, mm-hmm. uh, which is now kind of newer, newer Trump country. Um, and then they almost won a seat in Hood River and one in Columbia County. Uh, but a lot of the institutional people think that think you know really impressed with you and think that you well, should thanks. be in the legislature so what is your future well we'll see where the lines are drawn because we're redistricting yeah. again next year mm-hmm. and so you've got that uh the brian stout district right. which is uh columbia just county you columbia live, county you live basically in jublin field or yeah timber, so if, if i if i moved two miles north i could yeah. be in that district uh-huh. oh. as as the lines are currently oh. drawn there we go. There we go. Um, or you've got the the one that you were talking about. Mm. Uh, or the other one that was really close that we lost. Um, oh, yeah, Hood River. Hood River is yeah. another is another option. So, like Rebecca and I had been talking about starting a family here in the next couple of years. That's your wife. My my wife Rebecca. Yeah. And so we were talking about moving out of the city anyway. Mm-hmm. And so. so where where the lines are drawn may influence that decision. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's going to be key. They're mm. they're gonna redraw the lines to make sure that they hold everything that they can hold. Yeah, but I think, someday, I think but those... eventually the bubble bursts. So, you know, you know, you stretch the lines and you stretch the lines and you stretch the lines. And if that cycle flips ten points, there's, it's there's, easier. It's easier the, the... this time than it was okay. last time. Yeah, right. I, I think that's that, the that's the problem. Okay. I think the Is Bryan Stout district they just they just draw that line to encompass more of the Pearl district, right. and it just, it just goes. <laughs> well, yeah, it's fifty five forty five. Yeah. So I just did this. I I used a tool online and. I'll post it on Facebook so you can all try it yourself. But it is fascinating. The the depth of first of all the population density of Portland mm-hmm. and then these these precincts are are 9010 8515 that you take one little precinct and when you're when you're looking at the map to to to, it doesn't look so they've got, they've got extra votes is you what don't, you're saying. You don't make this – it doesn't look like right. Maryland or North Carolina where somebody stepped on a spider right. and there's these little tentacles. It looks very reasonable because all you have to do is take a couple of the precincts yeah. around Portland. This 30, 36 – so the way the, the geog- geography goes is 36 is south of Burnside, 33 is north of Burnside. Then if you go up further kind of into the industrial area of Portland on the west side, you get into that Brian Stout district. And so all, all you have to do – so right. <laughs> 36 and 33 are very heavily Democrat. Yeah. All you have to do is is draw those lines to encompass a little bit more of rural Oregon. You get some more room to play with and then you take that top one and – have it carve out a couple precincts out of the pro district, is, and all of a sudden it's a it's a, it's a solid D district. It's shockingly easy yeah. to do it. It yeah. is shockingly easy to do it, and we don't have that com that combination of population density and skewed our direction. So 
you have you can't you can't when you get into the heavily republican areas it isn't like you can take just grab one little precinct or two little precincts and completely shift a district you've got to grab an you've entire got county you got to take a county yeah and our counties are 60 40 they're yeah. not they're not 90 10 there are plenty of 90 10 precincts and these things are so small on the map you'd never believe it and you take one and shift it and boom, <laughs> the district is safe. I did it last night. It was, it was. <laughs> oh, no. So I, I think those two districts right now, they're looking really good. But after the lines are drawn, I'll bet you those two are the ones that yeah. get, end up much more heavily Democratic. Unless there's a, You've unless also, the homeless camp stretches from Northwest Portland to Columbia County. I don't, County I don't think so. This is, this is the rhetoric versus substance thing again. As long as the Democrats yeah. talk about, talk yeah. a good game, it doesn't matter what they do. Oh, eventually it matters. I, I don't think so. As long as they can say, we're trying to help the homeless and we're making things easier on them. And hey, we're going to go give them tents and showers and allow them to continue living on the street. And because we're, we're (laughs) being the man speaks a lot of truth. This is a guy that was on the front line. You know, we've only got a minute left. I did want to, to celebrate that there was some rational thought in California. Proposition 22 passed. And what that means is Uber and Grubhub are safe. What that means is, uh, gig workers are classified as contractors, not as employees. And so all the stuff that I went through with Oregon Saves and having all these employees and filing all this stuff, you don't have to do it. You're safe. That probably will be a proxy for the rest of the country. So Uber and Grubhub are going to be safe for now. And we can, I think we can celebrate that. I didn't think that was actually going to happen. The other thing, stay tuned because our PERS liability has blown up to such a size, we're going to need about $2 billion per year in new taxes just to cover the increase. And I would imagine as we roll forward, we're going to be spending a lot more time talking about that. I've got a new article coming out on the asset side of that. That's going to be coming out in about a week here, but um, where's it coming out? Lots more to talk about on on the Oregon Way. Okay, the new Oregon Way website. We'll talk about that. Thank you for joining us, lively conversation, guys. Uh, We'll be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel. This is Allie Pissero with our friend James Ball. Thanks for listening. This has been Allie and Pissero with your hosts Alan Allie and Jim Pissero. The podcast is produced by James Ball. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. And if you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to alan at alanalley.com.